everyone, I'm Anna Newton. And I'm Lily Pebbles. And welcome back to another episode of At Home With. Hi. Hi, it's very hot today. I know we keep saying this. It is hot. But today it's very hot, but we're recording this in the ACAR studios and they gave us a nice lolly. A twister. A twister, it's my... <laughs> favourite. I was over the moon. <laughs> so we're feeling nice and chilled. And my and teeth are really sensitive so I'm like if I sound funny it's because they're really cold. I'm just very full. We've been out for lunch and we've had a twister. Oh, I'm happy we're sitting down right now. What even episode is this? This is episode four. That's crazy. So really appreciate all the feedback on Thea's episode. I feel like you guys really liked it. Yeah I really liked it. I feel like it was a really good like learning businessy one. I feel like it was a very informative one. We have some of our favourite tweets Uh, messages from you to read out so do you want to go first Lily? Sure this one's from Emma Louise Trotter and she says love listening to the Anna Edit and Lily Pebbles chatting to Thea Green from Nails Inc. I met Thea and she helped me massively almost 10 years ago with making plans for the business I now have and genuinely her advice is still in my ears daily. I love that. I love that too. Thea Green just dishing out business advice everywhere. Amazing. (laughs) For everyone and Jessica Keane said it can't just be me who now wants to paint their nails as soon as they get home. We got so many messages (laughs) from that saying oh my god I haven't made my nails in ages now I have a massive craving it did make me want to go back to um, the blue Baker Street nail polish it made me want to go to the white because she had white nails that day and they looked amazing I think next time I get my toes done I'm going to go for a white yes what for Ibiza yes that is a good shout oh Ibiza (laughs) we're also loving your tweets and reviews about the podcast in general so we've got one here from Jean and it says at home with is the most brilliant inspiring heartwarming podcast ever give it a listen I love that one. Thanks, Jean. Someone left a review on iTunes that feels... I mean, this is just so big-headed to read out, isn't it? My like, my head's going to be too big to fit out the door by the time we leave here. But they said, Lily and Anna have a way of being completely relatable and somewhat normal whilst hosting in a natural, effortless and funny style. The girls have such interesting guests, always finding myself scrolling their Instagram after or mid-podcast. Love it even more with their opening segment, new to series two. Keep them coming, please. Oh, thank you. Thanks, I love. I do love our little intros. I'm I love lie. doing them. This is like a highlight for me. Just doing Aww. this whole season. If it's really nice, it gives us like a reason to meet up like every yeah. week. And I don't know. I like sitting in this little booth here and chatting. It's we fun. normally incorporate food. Yeah, exactly. Always. <laughs> I think it's great. So thank you so much. We love reading your messages. So please don't forget to tweet us or leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to keep up with episodes, please do subscribe. It's totally free. And if you're listening on Android or want to see some of the photos that we've taken in our guest homes, then have a listen on the Acast app. I love that people are discovering, like, when they're listening to our guests, they're going and stalking their Instagrams, because that's totally what I would do as well. Totally what I would do. And they do have good Instagrams. So what have you been up to this week? Lily made me write notes in our, like, little briefing document. Lily basically put a sentence in that was like, Anna, make notes once you've printed this (laughs) out. So I have made notes this week, but do you want to go first? I just felt bad, because you forgot last week, and I I had had a few notes just to remind me. I got in all of a kerfuffle, so this week I'm prepped. But go on, what have you been up to? Okay, I'll go first. So... This is kind of inspired by you, but I feel like I want to discuss it. I listened to the audiobook This Is Going to Hurt by Adam <gasps> Kay. Anna recommended the book and I absolutely loved it. Like, I don't want to talk too much about the book. It's basically journals of a junior doctor talking yep. about his experience working for the NHS. And it's amazing. I would highly recommend it. Go read it or listen to it, which is kind of the point I want to make today because I wanted to read the book. And I just feel like at the moment I don't have time to read because when I go to bed I fall asleep and I don't commute every day. So I listened to the audiobook and it's my first time listening to an audiobook properly and I loved it and I feel like it was life-changing. I really, really enjoyed it and I felt such an achievement that I'd like finished a book, I haven't done that for ages. And then I was just thinking, I feel like there's a bit of a taboo around audiobooks. Like, tell me if you agree, but I have this like overwhelming feeling that it's not as good as reading a book. Like, I feel like a bit less clever having listened to the book than reading it. And I feel like when I tell people, can I say I read that book? Or do I have to say I listened to the book? And I was wondering what you thought. I think that's really interesting, actually. Do you think it's a bit like the Kindle versus a physical book thing? I feel like that's less different because you are still using your brain to read a book. Mm. Whereas there's something about listening that feels a bit more, like, lazy, maybe. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's just actually like you said now you don't have a commute to work and so just listening to an audiobook when you're doing errands or you're in the car or you're yeah. driving like I listen to podcasts all the time when I'm cleaning and I guess it's like podcasts isn't it I don't think it's any less 
to listen to a book. I'm so happy you actually listened to that book because it's just such a cracking read. And he, the author, reads the audiobook, which oh, I really love so hearing his funny. voice. I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine it was really funny, like, listening to yeah, it. Yeah, so I was just listening to it when I was doing my makeup or cooking, like you said, running errands, and I feel like it's going to make me able to read or listen to more books That's in the good. future. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy with it. Let us know what you guys think about the whole audiobook versus real book in real book. like she's doing inverted commas thing. guys yeah I'm into it interesting so what have you been up to this week I made notes guys I have two <laughs> things two things to discuss number one I went to see Mamma Mia here we go again oh, at the I'm weekend oh so jealous I'm going this week with my sister and my mum I took them as a treat I was like payday treat guys and it was oh my god was it, it was I've listened to ABBA all the way up here they're one of my favourites I think people are quite like torn with the whole ABBA thing you either love them or you hate them and I'm, I'm a big ABBA fan as well I love them it might just be because my cousin was in a very successful ABBA tribute band <sighs> and also they won the Eurovision Song Contest in Brighton oh. so I just feel I just feel like I have an affiliation with them and I'm just I'm obsessed with them I went to the ABBA tribute museum in Stockholm and I actually cried at the end because oh I was just God. so sad that it was over but their songs are amazing do you have a favourite? ooh that's put you on the spot. Are you, do you like the ballads? The winner takes it all. <laughs> I love that one. See, I love the kind of the jazzy, like, disco ones, like, voulez-vous, lay all your love on me, give me, give me, give me. Oh, my God, can we go to Ava Karaoke? I would love that. I would, that is my dream. That is my dream. So that was really fun. And also, I mentioned it on last week's podcast, but I went to Glasgow. Oh, yeah. And I saw loads of people there, and they were like, we love the podcast. Thank oh, that's you guys. so nice. It was really nice. They were like, we l- I love yours and Lily's podcast. And today I'm in Birmingham. Ooh. So when you listen to this, I will be in Birmingham. Let me know. I'll be there. This has literally turned into an Anna PR podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where are you next week, Anna? Appreciate the shout. <laughs> this is the last one. Oh, Go if you want to see her in the flesh. <laughs> if you want to just... Missing out otherwise. If you want to get under my sweaty armpit, <laughs> I'll be there in Birmingham. I feel like we haven't talked enough about Mamma Mia, but maybe we should do it off mic because we could be here we for will. hours. Yeah, we'll be here for hours. Okay. Let's crack on with this week's episode because I feel that was perhaps the longest introduction we've ever done. <laughs> I'm here for it. Also, this is a really long episode as well, so it's just going to be long in total. It's long. Make sure you've got an hour aside because <laughs> today's episode is with Patricia Bright and it's a real deep dive into all things Patricia Bright. Probably one of the more discussion-based episodes we've done so far because we love her, we're friends with her in real life and it had been a really long time since we last caught up. Patricia is a fellow online content creator who we met probably about five years ago. We actually went on one of our first big press trips with her to New York. That was such a fun trip. Oh my God, with Birchbox. Yes. It was amazing. I remember the Instagrams. I really remember them. I remember what dress I was wearing and everything. We've led quite separate careers and our content and audience are quite different, but we've always, since the start, had a huge admiration for her ambition and confidence. She's built her channel to have over 2 million subscribers And when we do meet up, we always have the best time. She has us in stitches laughing. She is hilarious. Yeah, that's the reason why we wanted her on. She's just so, so funny. She always cracks me up. And this episode certainly has some laugh out loud moments, but I feel like it might surprise you as well. Her pre-YouTube career days were in a very different field, but it definitely explains her flair for business and how she got the confidence to be so brutally honest with her content. Patricia is exactly the same in real life as she is in her videos. She's so warm and just brimming with good advice. If you already know her, it's going to make you love her even more. And if you're new to her stuff, prepare to have a new girl crush. So either way, you're going to feel motivated after this fact. Also, we have another at home with exclusive on our hands. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, <laughs> Patricia lets us in on her next big project that she'll be launching soon. Plus, we discuss her Brit pop princess days. That's <laughs> really hard to say. And how becoming a mum has changed her, how she deals with negativity online, and how she's learned to separate YouTube and her family life. I actually was quite surprised by quite a few things that we chatted about, and I yeah. left feeling so like whoa you know when you walk out and you're like wow it's a yeah good you really get to know patricia in this episode for sure so we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it here is at home with patricia bright we are here i'm excited to see patricia's house it looks so nice in videos i'm excited to see patricia me too it's been a long time she always makes us laugh she makes me how like actually how and I'm slightly worried because we've had a milkshake before this and a fizzy drink (laughs) we have and so if she makes me laugh too much 
Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Okay, is it just this one here? Let's go knock on the door. Also, today we're melting, so, um, so we're going to try and keep cool, calm, and collected. Hello there, lovely. Hello. Come in. Lovely to see you. And thank you. Lovely to see you. Thanks for having us. I love flowers. This is like the perfect thing So firstly, can we just talk about how sitting around the table right now is the OG 2010. Oh God. Viviana does makeup. Oh yeah. What a heart today. And Britpop princess in the house. Origi the originals. Oh my God. We've all changed our names. But I still sometimes refer to you guys as that those original yeah. names. Especially Anna. And, yeah, Anna for sure. Like, <laughs> Viviana does makeup. For a long time I thought your name was like... Viviana. Vivi. Yeah. Oh, everyone yeah. did. So, Where did you get Brit Pot? Okay, Brit so, Pot <laughs> So easy like, to I'm say. Boiling right now as well. But <laughs> it was because when I started, I used to watch everyone who was American. And so I wanted to do something that made it out that I was British, if my accent didn't make it clear. Pop, my initials, well, are P O, and I added a P on the end for no reason. Like it. And then princess, because I was a princess, you know. <laughs> Wasn't we all princesses at some it's point like in time? Your, yeah. It's like your first email address. Mine, yeah, mine like was something... mine was glossy lips thirty five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh see, I was I was just Anna Gardner one. I was no. so boring. Oh, wow. But my friend was Little Miss Sugar. Sugar spelt with an E, not an A. <laughs> it took us ages to find her on MSN. Oh. And um Little Miss Minx. 69. Oh, well. If you, you had to have the 69 on the end. I mean, that's a bit too much. It's a bit yeah. too much. Oh, that's hilarious. Do. So we have known you for years. I mean, yes. I don't even know. I can remember the first time I met you. I remember. Do you remember? Yeah, I know I what you're going to say. I know what it is. I remember no, watching. I know, I know what it is. What do you think Daily Mix. Daily Mix. Yeah, Daily Mix. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I actually met Lily before that one time. Oh, God, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I said to Anna, I can't remember the first time. In Monkey. Right, in Carnaby Street. Oh God, did I, I fangirl or something? No, I was fangirling you. <laughs> and you were like, oh, hi. Oh. You, were like, <laughs> you were like, quite. I probably never had anyone say hi to me yeah, before. I was probably I like, like, what the hell? Such a fan. Oh my God. I remember watching YouTube and you had to do this video where you had to buy each other an outfit and like switch outfits. And it was so funny. I remember. Oh, I don't. Was, did I have leggings? I don't know. I might leggings. have got you horrible leggings. <laughs> me me and Lily, yes, we were dying when we were talking about this interview. And I was oh like, I remember the God. first time I met Patricia. Daily Mix hilarious. Yeah, it was fun times. Daily Mix was great. That was a long time ago. So when did this whole blogging YouTube thing start for you? Well, it started when I was at university. I feel like I'm giving away my entire age now. But, you know, <laughs> I've got the new YouTube age, which is 27 forever. Yeah. yeah. Or even 26 forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at uni and then maybe around 21, 22 I started. But relatively, I think I started late compared to how young people start now. Yeah. It was when I was at uni and then while I was interning and got back for my internship, that is kind of when I got into it. But it wasn't a thing. Like, I wasn't doing it as a thing. I was doing it while I was working. Why did you start? What was the thing that made you think, yeah, I need to throw my voice into this? I used to watch Michelle Phan. Like, yes. she was like my goddess and I fell in love. Found all these, like, American profiles and I was like, I really wanted to do this and I was really into shopping which I'm still into <laughs> I went vintage shopping a lot actually and then Primark as you know loved a bit of Primark and I was like well I'm gonna start showing my outfits and what I've got and what I found at the vintage stores and yeah that's how it started your channel is always very like kind of lifestyle beauty fashion based so I think what surprised yes. me and you probably mm. when we first met you and probably a lot of your viewers is that your background is in investment banking. <laughs> I mean, I think for like a lot of YouTubers come from like marketing or some kind of like creative field. But you're, I was like, wow, she's one of those clever people who knows she's numbers. beauty and brains. <laughs> yeah, honey. I know. Like, I mean, I don't know if my colleagues would agree. But yeah, so I studied accounting and I was doing a job in investment banking when I first was doing YouTube. It was really, really hard. And so while I was doing that internship, I stopped doing my YouTube because I just couldn't do YouTube and intern at the same time and then this was something that I really enjoyed doing on the side that I had started doing at university and I just I don't know I just had to keep doing it but obviously I had this really good job and mm. I couldn't quit that job for YouTube because what was YouTube you know yeah. I didn't really have 
a history or you know, all these people making loads of money on it. I was like, hell no. And then I was working in a world where people were doing really, really well. And so it was really, really competitive. Everyone was really smart. And I had to really focus in that industry. Yeah. And I loved doing this on the side. It was never going to be a job. No way. Because I was not senior, but I was... I was relatively smart. I was doing well. I was kind of working my way up the ladder, trying to get to, like, senior manager, that kind of thing. But then I could see opportunity in YouTube. So at what point did it actually become something you considered to be a full-time thing? Um, I mean, it was the point where I actually, like, quit my job. And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break from work and do this. I think that's how we all kind of got into it. It was always this break. This yeah, is how, yeah. like, Lily treated it as well. It was, like, a bit of a break, like a six-month experiment. Yeah, three kind months. Of, I gave it three months, yeah, so yeah, I was so yeah, strict. Yeah. I, did the, I did the same thing, actually, yeah. And then it obviously, from there... <laughs> yeah, I kept yeah. getting... I think what was happening, I was starting to get things like Daily Mix and different projects, and I was like, ooh, this could be a thing. I'm going on shoots and getting more money. And then I just couldn't manage going to work and doing this stuff as well, especially if they were like, can you come in on Tuesday afternoon? No, that work. So I started to go in, take days off from work. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, let me quit for a little bit. And then... I think yeah. there's a big difference as well between people who start a uni and then it gradually becomes a job because they don't have to get a job after uni. Then people like us who all had to quit a job mm-hmm. to do this. Was it more of a business decision from day one? You know, money was always like, a, can this be something I can earn from? Yes. So I've got, can I mention that I have a book coming out really soon? <gasps> yes. And, um, that's going to detail some of logic that I put behind leaving my job. So in oh, on- wow. honesty, the job I was at that I was leaving was a really good job it was bank of tokyo had the most amazing manager had an amazing salary amazing prospects but this was just niggling at me like oh i really like doing this and then i just kind of had to make the sacrifice to leave but it wasn't like i hated my job i was in the best job i could have ever had at the time and like i made a calculated decision to like you know what could i earn here or in this industry versus if I carried on on YouTube. I think it's because you've obviously got that business head. You're good with numbers. You've got that business head on your shoulders. But you're also so creative. And so that's what you needed. Mm -hmm. You needed to still have all that knowledge and apply that knowledge. But you needed to have that creative outlet that YouTube gives you. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we've been in this game for a long time. Mm -hmm. How do you think it's evolved? Like YouTube has evolved so much, especially even even the type of videos you make. Yeah. Even in the last year, yeah. like how have you found that shift for you? Like what has changed? What do you do differently? What types of videos do you make now? So I feel like, how do I explain it? Like YouTube goes in trends. Mm. So, you know, I started doing Primark hauls and like vintage hauls because I was in Manchester shopping in vintage shops and going to Primark. So that's what the content that I did. And then I was talking a bit about my life for a season And then I stopped doing that. And then it became a bit more structured and more bloggy focused. And there was a blog moment, wasn't there? There was a bloggy moment. And we were all, you know, I think we were all really inspired by you guys, in all honesty. I think you guys were the OGs. In all honesty, you guys were the OGs (laughs) when it came to like really bringing that kind of editorial vibe and that element of quality. Like you guys really did that. And then I think that then it became really like, sounds really bad. Go for it. Oh, 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 oh save by the bell. Perfect timing. Save by the bell. Go get the door. Okay, so we had to move rooms. Grace came home, your little girl, who's so cute. And we're going to talk about her in a little bit. Okay, We've moved we into one of our favourite rooms, which we will also talk about. But yeah, we yeah. were talking about your YouTube channel, which has over 2 million subscribers yeah. now, which is unreal. Kind of crazy. We were talking about the evolution of YouTube. Yes. So we had the the blogging trend. Yeah. We had the early trend. Yeah. And then you were saying it kind of moved into a new era maybe yeah. a couple of years ago. So I was trying to not be offensive, but it got a bit bubblegum for a bit as well. I think all, yeah, that, that was all like, that of was us a big That was a big like bubblegum vibe that I tried to kind of get into and then it just doesn't work for me. I feel like you do kind of have to follow trends yeah. But then you have to break out of trends as well. And you be like, be you yourself. know what? 
I just can't do it. That's what happened to me. As like, I just have to be me, yeah. which is a little bit brash, a little bit loud. But then I'm also really, you know, the word proper sometimes. And I like talking about finance and about getting your life in order and lots of random stuff. Mm. So I think I just, the more I did stuff that was more me, the more popular I became because I was just doing what felt right to me. Was this like last summer? Because I remember watching your channel from the side and we were all just like, Woo, go Patricia. Like it went crazy. Yeah. So I always tell the story like it took me seven years to get to one million, if not eight years, and then one year to get to another million and a half. And there was literally a moment. So I think my channel had been coasting. It was like doing well. I was getting good views. I was like, like I hit a million and I was like, great, right? And I kind of just like, oh, okay, cool. Just casual. And then I was just really bored and I just said, I'm just going to do stuff as I feel like doing it. Because I think we can be quite politically correct. You know, if we don't want to offend a brand or we don't want to offend someone or, you know, how I am in real life, I'm very brazen. I just say it. Verbal diarrhea, I have a lot of it. But on camera, I'm way more like contained and I still talk a lot on camera. And I think I just was like, you know, I'm just going to say it. I put on an item of clothing and I look awful I'm just going to say that but before I'd be worried about offending ASOS or offending misguided or a brand because I wouldn't want to say that an item didn't look good on me so let's assume that you got a product that you didn't like you're just going to put it on the side and only show the product or the clothing that you did like which is still very honest but then the full picture is that we don't all like everything which some of us are just polite enough to not mention the thing that we don't like so much but I think the new dynamic I had was just to show the whole story. Just to give an example to those who might not already watch your mm -hmm. channel. So say you used to do like a haul video. Yeah. And what would a video now look like? I, I used to do haul videos of literally only the stuff that I liked. So imagine I've gone shopping on ASOS. I usually spend like a grand on ASOS buying loads and loads of stuff. Not a grand. That's a bit excessive. <laughs> but let's say 600. I don't know if it's just me, but maybe I'm a manic buyer. So I buy everything in lots of different sizes and lots of different trends. And most of the time I would return at least half of the bag because it looked like trash on me and I just looked awful. And then I'd show the stuff that I kept and I liked, but I'd never gone through that process of, you know, trying on something and then saying, oh my God, this is awful on me. I'd never shown that. So that is what I now do. So it's literally my live reaction to the items that I buy. And then I kind of developed the content to what people wanted. So what my audience wanted were there certain websites or certain brands that they had seen and they wanted to know, is this any good? So, you know, there's Zaffle who advertise on our YouTube videos all the time. And like, I, I don't shop on Zaffle, I don't shop on Shein. But everyone in my audience was like, please, could you try these stores? I want to know what you think. They're always advertising. They probably have some of the biggest advertising spends on the internet. They advertise everywhere. So I bought some stuff and I'm like, it's trash. Like, don't waste your money on it. But people love that kind of stuff. And so I was almost like I became the market researcher for people. Yeah, you're the one-stop shop for honesty. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, basically. I think that's really interesting because you've sort of said how you've almost done like a 180. You know, mm -hmm. you were looking at trends, you were trying to work out what everyone wanted to do and then you just did whatever you wanted to mm -hmm. do. And now you're doing something somewhere in the middle of that. It's like your honesty, your reviews. Yeah. But actually, you know, yeah, someone comes to you and they're like, we really want to know what you think about these ASOS leopard print jeans. Exactly. <laughs> so you buy them because you're the tastemaker they've bought into... You, your honesty, your taste, yeah. what you like, what you dislike. Exactly. And it, it just works for you. Yeah. It really works for you. Do you have any tips for anyone sort of doing YouTube right now in the YouTube space? Because you're acing it. Yeah. <laughs> I actually was listening to someone who, who said this. I can't remember. It was a quote. It was like, if you want to be good at something, you, you don't have to look at being better than the game or the existing game. What you want to do is be different from the existing game because that's what's going to be interesting. So I think the thing that I did, I was being different. And then that's what caused me to skyrocket because no one was doing that. But now I've obviously created the trend. You created, in this no, space. You created a genre. I, crea I created the, I quote unquote, I spent series that now lots of people do. And I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to do it better than I do it. 
now. So that is normal. You know, there are car makers. I'm sure there was someone who made a car. I don't know where this story is coming from. I'm making it up as I go. And then I'm sure like Ford made it better. Yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's evolution. So I'm sure that this, that story is going to evolve in its own way. But then the next step is to create a different story. So you have to keep constantly yes. changing. Yeah, yeah, that's what you do. Like Madonna, it's in my book, it's coming. Madonna, her thing was about changing what she did, her style, her vibe. You know, she would be hip-hop one minute to classic one minute to something else. So it's always about evolving and switching up the script on like who you are as well okay we need to hear more about this book have you announced this yet by the way no i've men- made mention of it but i think because i've just finished writing it yeah so i try not to say too much <laughs> we get but a, then I, i'm Patricia always Bright yeah it's, it's weird like i haven't even i haven't made an announcement on my youtube or anything i've told people that i am writing as of last year and i just finished it what kind of category does it fall into is it kind of self-help business development a mixture of the two is it a memoir a memoir. <laughs> it's all three in one. Ooh. A bit of help, a bit of like my stories in reference to getting to where I am now and just my advice when it comes to hustling and bustling and everything. Where, where do you think the YouTube platform is going to go next? It's getting really fake. I feel like us in the UK, we're absolutely amazing. I love being British. We're in a nice little bubble here. We're a nice little bubble. Yeah. And I think... Being really real is really important to us. I don't know if it means you get the most success, but, you know, what's the definition of success? I've noticed that there are people who are literally creating whole new storylines. It's like scripted. They're scripting it and they're shooting it and putting it on YouTube to look like it's original. So I think there's going to be more stuff like that if you have the, like, the strength to do that. I don't know if I call it strength, but the... You know what, I don't mind if I'm being fake right now. If you can do that, then you can do really well. I think that's a different a different genre of YouTube completely, isn't yes. it? It's more of that produced, professional yeah. kind of stuff, whereas we, we just started in our yeah. bedrooms. And also, it's an entertainment platform. I think people know how to do a smoky eye. I think people know <laughs> what their style is. I think there's oh so many tutorials on what the best lip they can get is. Like, they know this now, and there's, like, years of all this information that we've already got on it so now they want more entertainment or connection with people that mm. they like I totally agree yeah. it's not as informative as it is it like yeah we always used to feel like we had to teach something yeah, in a video yeah. or yeah. you know like an Adriana Lima look or a Jordan Dunn yes, tutorial yes. or something like that and I feel like now it is much more yeah you you connect with the person mm-hmm. it's fun to watch mm-hmm. and I think that's what you do so well yeah let's have a chat oh. about being opinionated online. Because mm. I feel like you're honest. You put it out yeah. there. Have you developed a thick skin over the however many years you've been doing it? Or do you still get affected by those comments? Or do you have any sort of defense mechanisms that like cut them out? Because there's no denying that when you are opinionated online, which I sometimes am myself, you'll get loads of people loving it. And then but people will argue back and then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to delete that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stop that feeling of like, oh my God, did I say the right thing? I don't want to offend people. Babe, I haven't mastered that. I'll tell you that for free. Sounds really bad, but I'm opinionated about trivial things. So I'm opinionated about clothing or makeup. Other stuff I've been quite quiet about because I have been burnt for saying certain things. I did a tweet one time, like during the the elections. Oh God, it got taken really the wrong way. Right. And I was dragged like gee yeah. and it makes like, you just dragged. think like oh, i won't have an opinion about that again <laughs> listen online my mouth is zipped yeah. <laughs> i'm like Shh, because it can be taken so wrong and i'm all for tweeting i'm a talker it can just be taken really badly and i'm quite an emotional person so i don't have a thick skin i don't have a thick skin i'm the kind of person that if someone had an issue with me i'll pick up the phone call I'll be like come let's go for dinner let's have a discussion yeah. i can't do like hide around it whereas on the internet like you just have to accept everything that everyone has to say even if you know it's wrong no I find that hard so I'm cautious about what I put out there do you walk away from it yeah I would say that I, <laughs> Lily's laughing because she's like I never can walk away oh, really? from it. Oh, no I do I find it hard not to be like oh no I didn't mean that you've misunderstood me <laughs> but, yeah, yeah but do you know what there's people who just want to be offended they don't want to understand and they you. want to be offended yeah. by you yeah. like you could be the most innocent person 
they know you don't mean any harm, but they're looking for a fight. Yeah. So you can't wrestle with pigs, as they say. Like, there's just no point. <gasps> you can't wrestle you the pigs. Can't. You're full of really good, like, little one-liners. One, no. Oh, is that not Everyone yours? Gets, Pretend no, it's yours. wrestle with pigs and you will get dirty. <laughs> Oh, I like I've that. Never heard How are Was that a chapter in the book? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the next one. Uh, maybe, maybe I just twisted that one. I don't know if it's the official, but yeah, you can't wrestle. Not referring to anyone online as a pig, by the way. See, that could be offensive. <laughs> Let's oh, see, no. Patricia's calling everyone on the internet a pig. <laughs> no, I am actually not. So even with things like that, when occasionally a drama will go down, you always seem like so motivated. Like, how do you stay positive and motivated with this kind of job? I'm really competitive against myself. So I don't care about anybody else. It sounds really shallow. I don't care about anybody else. I only care about my progress. Am I doing better than I was doing before? And then, I mean, this is not me bigging myself up, but I have really high expectations for myself. I really know everyone can do well if they decide I'm going to do well. You can make a decision. And if you follow through with that decision, it will be done. It's like, make a decision. And then in your hand, that thing you say you want will be there. Another book is um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's called A Paradigm Shift. When you have this like moment where you go change, like it's, it's almost like it happens instantly. So I like have very many paradigm shifts and that just makes me keep challenging myself to just change. So if one day I said, I'm not doing YouTube anymore, but I'm going to build like a 10-figure empire, I'm going to do it. And so I just make sure that I do that thing that I decide to do. Was that an exclusive too? That's, that's coming what, next. I haven't, I haven't had that moment yet. Not yet. I'm still doing YouTube. But I feel like I just make a decision and I just do it. Visualize it. Think about it. Dream about it. Talk about it. Tell people, actually, I don't tell anyone about what I'm going to do because mm. someone's going to tell you, oh, you can't do that. And I hate that. So like, whatever, shut up. I'm going to do whatever you think I can't do. And then I just challenge myself. I love what you said about being competitive, not with others, but with yourself. That's exactly how I describe myself as well. And it's hard to explain. It's not about doing better than someone else. It's just about doing better than the last thing you did. I'm yeah. exactly the same. That's all it is. That's what makes you a good entrepreneur. Yeah, I think because like, it's all the little steps you take, you'll realise that you've got to the top of the mountain. Something I struggle with is kind of giving yourself a pat on the back, especially I feel like you're constantly going on something. If you are competitive with yourself, you're constantly looking for the next thing to be good at, but you never stop and go, oh, well done for that thing you just did. How do you kind of reward yourself? I don't. Right. I, that is me. Is that your... Yeah. You like that. Yeah. I'm that person. <laughs> it's so bad. It's such a, a bad trait, but I'm mm. like that as well. Maybe we'll pat each other on the back. Yeah, yeah. Or get some people around (laughs) you who like egg you on and tell you you're doing well and you go, oh yeah, maybe I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard. I think it's really hard with what we do because we don't even really stop to breathe. We don't we don't have four weeks paid holiday a year, we don't have any of that. So we never have those breaks of rest and relaxation just to properly think you know what this year's been crazy yeah. me. and it's just I feel like it's our modern day world we're not very good at patting ourselves on the back but we should I think what everyone should do maybe this is a tip we should all schedule in a day in the week or an afternoon in the week or a moment in the week where we're like you did good or list the things that you've achieved and like kind of look back on them and be like hey you get a chocolate for that or I don't yeah. know something Reward like that yourself. but like do it well but you have to set aside a time to do mm. that then I'm telling myself that. Here's a question for you. You're close with your family, right? Yes. Super close. Have they passed on any nuggets of wisdom when it comes to this kind of thing? You're you're like, I mean, the pigs and the dirt thing, I cannot go. It's so good. (laughs) Have they got any life mantras that they've passed on? I wouldn't say mantras. I just feel like it's the things that they themselves have done. So like... I feel like I've seen so many examples of people being successful or pushing themselves despite adversity that I've got no excuses. My parents were immigrants and how they immigranted themselves, and that immigranting is not a word, I just made that up, (laughs) (laughs) but how they did what they did, hustled themselves and were able to achieve, like for me is like, you've got no excuses living in a Western society with free education, with roads and running water. Like it just, there's no excuses. And I think that seeing people achieve so much without, you know, 
as many options I've had is the kind of thing that pushes me to keep going, you know? That's what I've learned from them. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And it's so nice that Grace is going to have the same. Yeah. Like you obviously have that push, that ambition, you're constantly yeah. growing your businesses, all of that. Yeah. So I think it's nice that she'll have that to look up to as well. I think she will. So before we move on to the home section, I just need to point out something that I've just noticed whilst you were talking and yeah. it really quite excited me. <laughs> you're wearing Malteser slippers. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> they are the most amazing feel, things I've ever seen. I don't know why I'm wearing it. Did you get I them in a them. PR gift? Because if so, I'm really upset that I didn't oh, get that one. <laughs> so basically, I don't know who reached out to me, like some PR company, they gave me a box of like <gasps> Maltesers for the royal wedding. They were like, so while you enjoy the royal wedding, you can wear these slippers. They gave me a crown oh, as well. Oh, there's a job perk right there. <laughs> and then, but I'm sick of Maltesers now because I had too many of them. I was like, oh my God, Maltesers. Oh my god! And then the, the slippers were in the box and they were really good and they're really comfortable. I love them. Well, they're quite contrast to the room that we're in because this <laughs> yeah. is, can we just talk about where we are? This yes. is, I mean, I described it as adult goals. Adult goals is good. I mean, this is the adult room. Adult room. Yeah, like when I want to adult, but this room gets very rarely used. So that's clearly not regularly. Um, it's beautiful it's so calming there's candles lit there's a gorgeous rug huge kind of marble fireplace I just feel very calm in here yeah Yeah. you're sitting on a gorgeous blush pink velvet armchair thank you very beautiful very Instagram girls very Instagram we were originally in your kitchen yeah so if you had to pick one favorite area or room of the house where would that be it's the snug room okay which I feel like not everyone has a snug, but lots of people have a corner. It's a little bit cosier. It's a little bit darker. It's got Grace's toys everywhere. And then it's got the TV in it. So when I'm t- when the kitchen's a mess and I can't deal with it, I just go into the snug and just chill there. And she messes around in front of me and I just put on the TV and blast the, the volume up and then I can't hear her tinkering. And it's actually quite relaxing. Well, should we go try, have a look? It's there's some great oh, noise in the background. Grace. That's fine. Yes, yes, we, we can get in there. We can go in there. Okay. We're in the snug now, and Grace is just in the other room watching Dora. So if you hear any cute noises in the background, I mean, she's being I love supervised it. by Patricia's husband, Mike. <laughs> just because we get in trouble. Yeah, no, we're, we're not. We haven't just left her. So now we're in your snug. Snug. I love this room. I like how it's a painted a different colour to the exactly kitchen because it is all open plan. Exactly. But it yeah. feels like a separate space. Yeah, that's what I like about it because everywhere is quite white and quite like modern but this is like a chocolate brown and it's all like one color the radiator is the same color as the wall and it just feels a bit more snug like and then as you can see like grace's books and her toys like when it's in its crazy form everything's everywhere but it's almost like relaxing amongst the craziness as well i'm on this slide once in a while yeah there's a little kid slide in here i mean you could make us believe that it was always this tidy like i would never know like this is very very tidy for living with a two-year-old yes and you have a tv in here and we had a quite Mm -hmm. interesting little mini chat before we started recording about tvs because you were saying how you like no tv in the bedroom and anna's the same and i said how i am having a tv in my bedroom yeah so why do you not have tvs in the bedroom do you know what? I, I never had one growing up. Oh, oh. Grace. <laughs> I never had one growing up. I don't actually watch much TV. And I feel like, you know, the bedroom's not meant for TV. It's meant for other things and sleeping. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like it gets in the way. But in the same breath, now I see that moments of watching TV are really relaxing. Because now I'm on my laptop so much. I'm like, oh, I wish I just had a moment to watch telly. Yeah. So... I would be open to like having a TV at my room. I agree. Now. The Instagram version of me is like, no TV, the bedrooms are sleeping. It should be a calm place. It's big and ugly and it distracts you. And then the real me is like, oh my God, on a sick day or when I have kids, I'm going to want a TV. Yeah. And I agree, the only time I actually relax is when I'm watching TV because it's not my phone or computer. Exactly. <laughs> we need it Love Island in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Lord. Love Island <laughs> in bed. Ooh, yes. That sounds a bit dodgy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you been in this house for? Uh, a year and like five months, a year and a half. It's absolutely stunning. Thank you. How would you define your interior style? Is it quite a collaborative thing with Mike, your husband, or is it is it you sort of being like, no? This, when this I told is, him his house is beautiful, he was like, thanks, I did it all, jokingly. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not collaboratively. <laughs> I mean, he has actually quite strong style taste, but it's not strong in the sense how I want it. So <laughs> I'm not having it. So he's got his own like little space upstairs, which, you know, he can do whatever he wants to do with. But the rest of the house is, I like it to be quite clean and quite open and quite minimal because I hate junk. I think I hate junk because I feel like my mind is always running. And so I need a space that is like the opposite of lots of stuff. Yeah. You'll see, I don't have a lot of stuff like, and he comes from a home where they've got like books everywhere. It's like a, a whole room with book wall to wall to wall. It's grandma's house has got books everywhere. Even my mum's house has got books everywhere. I was like, no books. I just want a Kindle and that's it. I don't know if that's a bad thing. They they look down on us for our lack of books. Like I don't know if that's a thing. And they're like, got no books. No, I think our generation read a good book and go, oh my god, give it to their friend, pass it on, have a read. Whereas my mum's generation like keeps it. She's like, yeah, you don't want to give away a good book. Whereas we're more like, we like to pass it on. It's the difference between hoarders and non-hoarders as yes. well because I too have to live with a hoarder. And and he gets upset if he's passed his book on to someone and they haven't given it back Ooh. within like a two week time frame. He's read it. I Mark know. Mark would say, I might want to read it again. I know, I know, but I do find, I feel you with the whole living with a hoarder front. Yeah. And people come to your home, I can imagine like they come to my home and they're like, does anyone live here? Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. It's a bit clean, like, but don't you have children? I'm like, yes, but you know, <laughs> she has a space that she can mess up and we all hang in here. But like, I don't like to have too much stuff. The one thing I do really like to have is lots of plants. I don't know what it is. I like yes. plants everywhere. There's a plant in every room, multiple plants. This one is amazing. Does it have a name? No, but I'm going to call it George right now because it just looks like yeah. a George. Isn't it a fiddle leaf fig? Is, that's not a fiddle leaf. Got a fiddle leaf in the other room. There's a oh. fiddle leaf there. This is a something oh. palm. I can't remember the name of it. I love those. Looks like a George. Good choice. Yes. <laughs> but Michael keeps them alive. I kill every plant. He's amazing at keeping plants alive. Oh, it's a thing. Tips from him. I'm terrible. He's on it like in the middle of the night I see him like just water he's like oh this one hasn't had any water for a while just like he goes to bed like worrying about the plants that's that just weird must be a good dad then yeah yeah he actually is he is yeah they're alive because of him let's have a chat about Grace yes she is how old now two years and like two and a half months I feel like it has flown by I feel like you literally gave birth yesterday does it feel feel that way (laughs) it feels like that way and like not that way because I miss the really small grace like the like baby grace now she's basically an adult toddler and it's just I don't know I miss those but it feels like it's flown by yeah how did you feel throughout your pregnancy because you're you're an avid planner like yeah. me I feel like there's a lot of similarities in us there's a lot yes. of similarities in our husbands you're saying things about Mike I'm like <laughs> yeah Mark exactly the same yeah did it just kind of spring up on you did it just kind of happen was it in your plan wasn't in my plan <laughs> it wasn't in my plan by the way I'm not being rude no it's this. fine it's fine it wasn't it in wasn't my plan. wasn't in the bullet journal it wasn't in my plan I and I wasn't before. ready and I was it wasn't fun I in all honesty I didn't love being pregnant and I didn't love being out of control. Yeah. And I'm also a worrier. So I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to be fat. I'm going to be... <laughs> like, I was intensely just panicking. Yeah, I was panicking. But then I kind of got into it. By the last three months, I was like, ooh, this is fun. But you were like an earth mother yeah, by I the like, end. I was, yeah. like, I was zen. Nesting like mad. Like that is a real thing. You guys, if you plan on having children, I don't know. You guys are going to be ultimate nesters, I think. <laughs> It's weird. It's always every woman I know who's either pregnant or about to have a baby or just had a baby, they're always doing some kind of home renovation or rejig. Don't or, point at me. Anna's or, pointing at me. That's mean. She's doing like, a home something renovation. Something might happen. I don't know. It always happens. It, literally, every woman I've known who's been pregnant, all of a sudden they're doing a loft conversion. <laughs> like, I'm about to have a baby. And I feel my builder said to me, like, every time he's doing work, someone's about to have a baby. That's did so it funny. did it teach you anything? Because you are an avid planner. Did it kind of chill you out? Did it make you a bit more relaxed, a bit more flexible maybe? Being a mum did that and being pregnant did that. So as much as I'm very like, like you know, regimented and it has to be like this and it's going to be like that, I had to learn to be like, oh, can I swear? You yeah. can swear. I had yeah. to be like, oh, fuck it. Like yeah. every, everything I've planned is going out of the window today and that's okay. Like, if your child is sick or has a fever, that thing you thought you were going to do, you're not doing it. 
Like you're going to be at home in your gym jams with her or him on you, just relaxing. You're not going to do anything else because they've become a priority. And I think you then start to like, like maneuver your life around their happiness. Yeah, it's so weird. It like changes you. Oh, I hate this. Oh, it's so nice. <laughs> it really does. It's like, as much as I'm like a really focused person, like all my focus now is around her, what I want for her and what I yeah. think would be good for her. And just to make sure she's safe. I think that's really lovely. It's so annoying. It's really lovely. No, Do you know what it is? It's because you are now worried about someone else. That like you are thinking about yourself when you're an adult. You, 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 all, all that matters is you, but now they matter. It's like, oh, more pressure. <laughs> I can imagine your job starts feeling more like a job because YouTube is so like consuming. It, it's a bit like it's your life. Mm-hmm. But then I imagine once you have a kid, it's like, actually, that's my job and now this is my life. It's like separates a little bit. I wish it could feel like that. Oh, it really? doesn't feel like you that. You feel like you have two it, babies. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I wish it could feel like that. Did you consciously think about how to integrate her into content or how not to? Or was that something that just naturally happened? I made a decision not to integrate her into content. Right. Bearing in mind, based on what we've already talked about, about I'm quite sensitive and say anything left and I'm, you know, frustrated AF. And people always have something to say about how someone parents. I just, like, you're not going to see Grace. Like, don't say anything to me. So I just don't put her out as much as I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to be, like, a vlogger mum. But, you know... In the same breath, I didn't want to be a vlogger mum, so I'm not. It's interesting that you say that you thought you were going to and then changed Mm. your mind because of that sensitivity. We were, finally, we we had a milkshake before we came here and we were, (laughs) over our milkshakes, we were talking about how, even now, without a kid, someone would be like, oh, it's so cute how your teeth are wonky. Like one of those like funny backhanded things. (laughs) But imagine if someone said that about your kid. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just have to make a decision. Like, can I handle that or can I not? If they could see my face right now, like no yeah. don't do it I think that's yeah. really interesting though it's something that me and Lily come back to all the time mm-hmm. we bore ourselves with it neither of us are pregnant neither <laughs> yeah. of us are gonna get pregnant anytime soon but for us it's just such I guess with what we do and yeah. you two sharing a pe- you you might actually shared quite a bit of your lives like yeah. you were quite into vlogging yeah, we you were vlogging a lot as well yeah. and it's just interesting that maybe yeah since you've had grace that sort of shifted and changed and maybe you're your kind of YouTube persona is more of a, not a work persona at all, you're still mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. but it is just more of a work life. It's not so much of your personal day-to-day vlogging. I did that for a reason, because like your emotional well-being is very important. So for me, vlogging my life, like I got to this place of thinking, hold on, if I've got to make my life entertaining for views, my life is not entertaining for me. Mm. If I've got to make my child perform, for YouTube, for their views, and I'm not enjoying any moments by myself, this isn't right. So I realized that for me to be the most productive YouTuber or most productive person, I have to be happy. And all the vlogging, for me personally, I wasn't happy because I was performing for people. And I was like, I can't do that. So I just stopped. Like, I, I don't vlog. I, my choice I, no you know what I feel that and your, yeah. your channel is just videos that you enjoy that making I want to do and I think yeah you have to where you have been doing YouTube for so long you have to do what makes you happy yeah. and you have to do what you enjoy doing yeah I think I, I feel like I said this is like I hope that I don't have to make my family do something that they don't want to have to do this is my choice to do this yeah like if Michael wants to go up north and be with his friends for the weekend he should go and do that like he doesn't need to be on camera all the time because I wanted him to vlog with me because he works as well yeah so it was like people wanted us doing all the stuff like vlogger family and I was just like I can't it's just just not for you and that's fine good for you not for me if I felt like picking up again I would I don't feel like it so I'm not gonna do it do you work from home or do you feel like that's part of the work-life boundary do you work away from the home I've worked from home worked from office worked from home currently working back in an office well planned to work back in an office now Mm. that's the plan so I have a space where I would do all my filming and my getting ready and all my makeup and all my stuff was in there but again it was kind of it's encroaches into my like zen space so I've just moved all the stuff out into a new space for me to shoot from and like run stuff from yeah what what is it now? We we've had Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Sorry, no, this is still Dora. Oh, it's Dora. Dora's still... singing about something about her monkey friend. 
Yeah, there's a monkey. <laughs> this nice background music. We don't need to use our background oh, okay, music. Okay, great. She's Sorry. This is life with a two-year-old. Listen. Speaking of which, to round it off. Yes. What are your tips for busy mums with a two-year-old? Like home hacks. Or just like keeping your home safe. Patricia, <laughs> Patricia life lessons. <laughs> well, I think iPad by the bed is great because when your child at 6.15 or 5.15 decides I'm done sleeping, but you're really in like gear seven of sleep, <laughs> you're going to just wish that you had preparation around you. So having a laptop so they can come and sit in bed with you and play Mr. Tumble on the side is a lifesaver. <laughs> so I'm that. in bed, she's in the middle, Mike's in bed, Mr. Tumble's playing, but we can still sleep because sometimes they just wake up at 5.15 because they feel like it, and that's really annoying. And then um, preparation, just always having stuff ready is important. So milk, bag already packed, snacks on hand, nappies, everything already prepared and like multiple bags. So I can, there's a bag that I've got on the side that I can just swipe and go if I need to. Have you always been an organized person or has like mum life turned you into organized person? I'm not even that organized, but I'm always like preparing for the worst. <laughs> so yeah, I've always been prepared for the worst. That's the life lesson. Just prepare for the worst. Yeah. Please, like, can you come and plan my life, Patricia? Me too. I need you guys to do that. You guys are the <laughs> no. most planned. <laughs> no. I, I, can I just say something? You guys are the ones who I learned like content planning from, by the way. I remember like you, both of you had like these diaries. You're like, this is the plan for this day. This, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is serious. I was like sweating at the, oh my God, I was not anywhere near ready as you guys were. So you still do it, yeah. honey. I still yeah, have that. I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I used to see your like, hands, I was like, oh God. <laughs> the pressure. I use a spreadsheet that, like, you know, oh. online. You've done all right. I've done, yeah, done all right. Done I've done fine, all right. honey. But you're the OGs of planning. I love you all. <laughs> So we really hope you guys enjoyed that and fell in love with Patricia as much as we did. Don't forget to check her out on YouTube. Just type in Patricia Bright or find her on Instagram at the Patricia Bright. You can also follow us at Lily Pebbles and at the Anna Edit on Twitter and Instagram. And we love seeing your Instagram DMs and your tweets. So keep them coming. Don't forget to subscribe. It's totally free and you can rate and review us on iTunes and listen on Acast if you want to see the photos. There were some good ones, actually. Yeah. At Patricia's house. Oh, that room that we recorded in for the first section was just glorious. Sound and production are by Amy Elizabeth. Thanks, Amy. And we'll chat to you guys next week. We're back next Wednesday. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.